Welcome to the Rhino Daily Podcast, the daily podcast for sharp entrepreneurs. You'll hear insights and ideas from the world's top entrepreneurs and thought leaders designed to help you increase your profits and improve your lifestyle. Now, now here's your host, Steve Cypress. Hello, it is Foundation Friday, June 28th, 2019. Steve Cypress here, and you know, I should have checked, but I saw the forecast a couple of days ago that today it was supposed to hit 110 for the first time, and certainly not the last time of the year here in the Phoenix area. Of course, for us, we live up in the mountains, we always have a nice breeze, the temperature is always a few degrees cooler, and even 110. I mean, it sounds crazy, but without humidity and with that little breeze, it's it's really not that bad. And it's only horrible for a couple hours at the heat of the day in the afternoon, two to four or so. Uh, and so you just stay inside in the air conditioning. Of course, when it gets that hot, and later on in about a month or so, it'll start to get into 115, 118, and all that kind of good fun stuff. So hopefully you got some great weather where you are as well. And hopefully next week, at least here in the U.S. for July 4th, one of my favorite holidays... I love fireworks. Hopefully you get great weather for that too. Anyway, so I had this conversation the other day. Okay, So I had a, uh, a prospect, a prospective client uh, was referred to me by one of my current clients, a superstar current client. And I hosted a, a mastermind coaching day here at my home, which I do once in a while. And I gather some sharp business people. Uh, in this case, I bent my rules a little bit and invited this referred person because my client said she was going to be working with him, and he was a cool guy, and I, when I talked to him on the phone, he was a cool guy, and he did have some goals, and he was, he, he's, he's sort of self-motivated, not a business owner, not an entrepreneur, which is why I shy away from these people, but he had a little bit of what I call an intrapreneurial attitude. That's someone who works within a company but has kind of an entrepreneurial attitude, like I'm going to make my own thing happen. He talked to me about being in, in charge of doing his own marketing and building his own thing within the company and how he was you know, competitive with other branches in the company and wanted to beat them. And his, his pay is based, I'm guessing, a lot of it on bonus or recognition from how he's doing since he kept citing these other branches that he was, quote, competing with anyway. So you see some... For those of you, and everyone should be watching, should be an entrepreneur or a business owner, you see some entrepreneurial traits there. Um, of course, not purely an entrepreneur, right? So uh, at the end of the day, he hemmed and hawed and thought about it and who knows and whatever. And once somebody leaves here, that's a, that's a real good, big uh, warning red flag signal to me of like, even though I thought it might be somebody I wanted to work with, uh, that makes it clear it is not. Somebody, I mean, you can only imagine, you don't have to imagine if you're in my world, if you've all, ever consulted or helped people. Uh, people at Hem and Haw can't make a decision. When I give advice, they're going to Hem and Haw not make a decision or not do what I suggest, and then they're going to have not as great results because they're not action takers. And uh, I really, especially at this point in my career, I just want to work with action takers because I can give all the great strategies and tactics and business building help and advice in the world. 
But unless somebody's going to be self-motivated and take action, nothing's going to come of it. And who the heck wants that? You know, I've got hundreds of video testimonials all over the Internet, hundreds on YouTube alone, I know, uh, of people that have gotten great results thanks to my help. But that's because they take action. And I'm, at this point in my career, I love those success stories. I make the analogy, I tell people it's like going into someone's home who's, you know, grandparents and they got pictures of the kids all over the walls, all over. They're just so proud of all their kids. Well, I'm that way. I don't have kids. I don't have grandkids, of course. Um, but I'm that way with uh, my clients, with success stories of my clients. I picture that they're, I want to fill up the walls with them. I want to fill up my world and my life with all these success stories of entrepreneurs that I'm helping. Anyway, so flash ahead a couple of days, I'm talking to this superstar client of mine. She's like, oh, yeah, the guy from the other day, I almost said there's nothing, I'm not going to mention names here. Um, oh, yeah, you know, the reason he, could, he couldn't uh, or didn't want to, or I think, I think the words were even couldn't, which is another big red flag, but uh, couldn't take you up and become a client of yours was because he's already committed to some other consultant that he's paying for the next few months, whatever. So I'm like, what? I'm like, not that I care, um, but say to myself, of course, I'm like, you know, I shouldn't be surprised. I hear that nonsense all the time, but it's not a results-oriented entrepreneur that would ever talk like that. It's an excuse-driven uh, person that would talk like that. Like, I personally have several coaches. Uh, all top performers have multiple coaches. Uh, you know, I use the example all the time of Tiger Woods because it's fairly a universal name, well-known one of the world's best-known athletes, and you can only imagine how many coaches the world's greatest golfer, one of the greatest golfers of all time, has because he's a top performer. So, of course, when it comes to the actual playing of the game of golf, he's got a coach to help him with his drives and his long irons and another one to help with his putting and his chipping. He's got another one to help with the mental game. He's got a nutrition coach. He's got financial coaches, several of them. He's got uh, agents and booking coaches and a PR coaches, he's got people helping him figure out which tournaments he should appear in, and he's got some travel coaches that are helping book his travel and helping advise him on where he should stay and what he should do. I'm sure he's got all kinds of multiple other coaches too. So this, this whenever I hear this nonsense of like, well, somebody already has a coach or has a consultant or they were, so what are you talking? I mean, come on now, like when when you is that what you said when you went to school, like? You know, I went to college, I went to law school. Did I walk into a contracts class in law school and say, yeah, I can't have you as a professor. I've already got a professor for property law. I'm already working with a professor for constitutional law. Like, what are you talking about? I had multiple advisors, multiple professors, multiple people help me all the, all, all the time. In fact, come to, uh, now that I mention it, uh, my senior honors thesis that I wrote, 175 pages or so, uh, when I graduated undergrad in college, I had two advisors. I had a major and a minor, and I had two advisors, one in each uh, department, they were called. And then I had an outside advisor who was actually a professor in the law school that I ended up attending at Boston College, not knowing, by the way, he was the head of admissions there. So maybe that kind of helped that he was working with me on my senior honors thesis. Maybe that helped me get into that school, knowing him and working with him. Um, but so I had three different advisors. Did I say like, oh, gee, I already have an advisor? How dumb would that be? I'll take a second one, please. I'll take a third one, please. Thank you very much. So always ridiculous when I hear that excuse. But then, it, uh, I, I mean, 
you know, I answer my phone, my clients call, I answer the phone, and uh, here was a number, I generally don't answer numbers I don't recognize, but the phone rang a couple of days ago, and I didn't recognize it, but I was expecting a call from a new client of mine. And so I said, maybe the new client is calling from a different number. It was about the time I was expecting the call, and so I uh, answered the phone. It was this guy. It was this prospect who hopefully is going to take the advice that I gave here and he's going to do wonders with it and make tons of money. Oh, I was getting back to my response to this. It was a text message or a Facebook message or an email or something from my superstar client explaining why this person was not becoming my client. And I mentioned my thoughts to myself were like, yeah, you're damn right, he's not. Uh, but my response was, he doesn't need me. He's got you. You said you're going to be working with him, so he doesn't need me. So I put it into a positive light instead of saying, like, I would never take that guy on as a client. I don't want to do that. And so I said uh, what I said. I said something like, you know, doesn't need me, uh, you know, uh, boosting him up and boosting uh, my client up because of the referral. Uh, like, you know, you guys are going to do great. Doesn't need me. Uh, underlying, in other words, like, it's not somebody I'm ever going to work with. But then to make matters worse, the phone rings and it's this guy. And it wouldn't have been worse. It would have been great if, you know, I'd love to help him some more, even though he's not going to become a client. It's all good. And by the way, if you want help, uh, you don't have to be here and get invited to, you know, and fly in and pay big money to attend my mastermind coaching day or be referred by one of my clients. You can go right to helpfromsteve.com. We'll get on the phone and I'll help you out. So I was thinking, silly me, I was thinking he was calling to follow up on all kinds of good stuff that I shared with him on Saturday and helped him out. By the way, those Mastermind Coaching Days, you can find them on my website, stevecypress.com slash mastermind. I keep them to a real small group. This one had, uh, I think, eight people, seven or eight people in the group, uh, so that I can work with everybody one-on-one -on -one and really help them out. Uh, when you go to helpfromsteve.com, we get on the phone absolutely one-on-one -on -one and I help you out. So go ahead and do that. If you've ever thought about, gee, I don't know if I should hire a consultant or a coach or I don't know about any of this marketing or advertising stuff. I mean, I love the old days. All I had to do was place an ad, the yellow pages, and the phone rang. And nowadays it's all so complex with online and offline and what do I do and who and a ha. That's what I specialize in. I understand. Of course, that's what you're thinking these days. And even if you think you got it figured out, Suddenly it all changes. Google and Facebook and another website comes up and something else changes and the whole world shifts again. So uh, I'm here to help if you want. Go to helpfromsteve.com. Anyway, so unfortunately, instead of looking for more help or following up on the day or just thanking me for it or something, he just started out with big whopping excuse that I was like, it just seconded my, you know, at this point in my career, and hopefully you do as well. I, I can trust my intuition and my gut feelings. I know when somebody is going to not be the right person to work with. And then he said a magic word. That's the subject of today's Foundation Friday video. So you finally get to it like, I don't know, 15 minutes in or something. Uh, so thanks for bearing with me and watching this whole time. I'm finally going to get to the dirty word, the ridiculous non-entrepreneurial, non-business owner phrase, word, term, concept that he used. He said, you know, Right now, it's not in the budget. Oh! See, my client has said something like, well, he's committed to another whatever, and maybe in a few months, but 
I, I don't think she would ever use the word budget. She's a successful business owner, an entrepreneur. But big red flag if you talk to anybody and they use the word budget. First of all, no matter who they are, they're not successful. But that's a term used by, as a Scott Alexander in his book, Rhinoceros Success, you see all the rhinos behind me. And actually, you see some copies of Scott's book behind me. I won't get to them right now. But... Uh, he talks about, in the third book of his Rhinoceros Trilogy, he talks about the super cows, the government workers. That's really where you hear this term budget, when it's got to do with big, big companies, or the super cows at the government. Uh, that's where budgets come in. That means somebody gives you a set amount of dollars, and that's it. And it's the opposite, the very extreme, of course, by definition, opposite of results-oriented. You are budget-oriented. Like if some incredible opportunity comes up, oh yeah, no, not in the budget. See, we've got X amount of this and X amount of that. And people say, well, you could just fudge things and move it around and move some dollars around in the budget. Then why budget in the first place? It, it, you know, budgets, nobody ever sticks, nobody successful could ever stick with a budget. It just doesn't make sense. It's the opposite of success. Success, especially for an entrepreneur, is all about taking advantage of opportunities. How can you take advantage of an opportunity if you're not thinking opportunity-minded. You're thinking budget-minded. Uh, there's a saying, well, I never remember these word for word, so maybe I'll paraphrase, but it's something like you can't save yourself to success. Okay, You can't cut your spending uh, enough to become successful. Uh, you, you've got to, you, you obviously make sense to cut unnecessary or wasteful spending, but you've always got to be uh, uh, expanding the right kind of uh, spending, which is known as investing. You've got to always, you know, successful entrepreneur, you must, this is the subject of today's Foundation Friday video, you must have the mindset to always be looking to take advantage of opportunity, to be investing, to be putting resources in where resources belong, even if it comes out of nowhere. So a question that successful people have asked me and gone on to become my clients and make ridiculous amounts of money because of is they say things like, Steve, I don't think I can afford to pay your fee. Uh, can you help me? Or can you help me figure out a way to do it? And I absolutely, of course I can. I can help you, especially since the guy was here all day for a whole day. I know something about his business. I could ask some more questions, but I could help him make 10 times my fee probably in, in 30 days or less. So if he had asked that, an opportunity-minded question, that would have said, ooh, this guy is thinking straight. And even though he is working for another company, he's not really a business owner. See, I was right to invite him here. He's kind of entrepreneurial. But, you know, once in a while I don't get it right. And in this case, I did not. And if he really thinks I'm going to stick to a budget, first of all, people don't stick to budget. Second of all, budgets make you miserable, just like in this case. He, he, he was miserable and he claimed to, the excuse was the budget. You know, gee, in other words, and it's not, see, he, I'm not talking about me. I could care less, you know, whether he becomes my client. I'm saying this is going to bleed over into everything he does. Anyone that says, here's an opportunity. What if someone called and said, I will give you a full page ad in, I don't know, I'll give you, you know, I'll put you number one on Google and give you a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars worth of Google pay-per-click ads to go directly to people that are looking for your service and all you got to do is give me a thousand bucks and what if the answer was well it's not in the budget like 
That's what I'm talking about. So this budget thinking is failure thinking. It's going to permeate everything you do. You know, I told, I even think I told, it was ironic, I think I told the story while he was here. Maybe I, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I'll tell it real briefly here that in the first mil, multi-million dollar business that I built, and I have a high aptitude according to standardized tests for math, like, you know, 98th percentile SATs and and all that kind of stuff. Always been great at math. And in fact, my first multi-million dollar business was a math business. It was a sports statistical sports game, now known as fantasy sports. Uh, but back then, I don't know, 35 years ago or so, when I invented it, and a few other people invented different versions at the same time, it's a game based on statistics. So of course, I great at basic math and love math. But the first hire I made, the very first hire I made in that company was an accountant. I said. Sure, I'm great at it, but I cannot be bothered to be sitting here and to put all the numbers in this column and put it over in that column and add it up in this. And I said, I know I got to look at the numbers. You know, give me the reports. I want to make smart decisions based on the numbers, but I am not going to sit there tediously putting in numbers. Just not for me, regardless of how good I am at it and what I can do. So there's a bonus lesson there for business owners. Forget about what you're good at. Uh, is that why you own a business to do things you hate but you're good at them like do things you love and even better just do things that only you can do and certainly hire a bookkeeper and then by the way the next hire I made was I hired her husband who was an accountant to do the taxes so it was a great husband and wife team there she did the bookkeeping and then he did all the taxes based on I'm like that's great yeah let's hire him too. like somebody to do all these numbers to free me up to be an entrepreneur to make decisions, to cast vision, to start projects, to hire people, to fire people, to make decisions on where to advertise and 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 you know what equipment I should buy and what should I expand or not. And these are decisions to be made based on number. But I'm not going to sit there and crunch the numbers, right? So uh, I I guess I've made it a long story now. But one of the first things this accountant says to me when he crunches all the numbers and he's ready to do the quarterly reports and the taxes and whatever he comes and he says you know in your industry first of all I there was no such thing as a fantasy sports game industry so I don't even remember what he was talking about but this is what excuse driven people do they make excuses like that well in your industry he says in general uh, you know the marketing percentage of your revenue you spend on marketing should be X percent some ridiculous low amount three six eight I don't know what he said and you are you're at 22 percent or 18 or 16 or who cares what the number is like I was building the business I was putting basically every single penny and every single second I had back into the business I wasn't taking anything out and of course since I wanted to grow it was marketing and advertising heavy which of course when you're in growth mode which I was gonna say hopefully always are but you're not always I mean there's a lot of people and maybe that's you watching this video and you're kind of satisfied you're making lots of money you're not necessarily in a growth mode right now it's okay um, but when you are of course the money goes into marketing you know if you need to save money turn the lights off um, you know turn the air conditioning up a few degrees and be a little warmer uh, but don't cut the marketing and the advertising if you're gonna grow and, uh, and so I was like, you know, here's the deal. At least I was smart enough to ignore his advice, his really bad advice. And so here's the thing. How do you think I got to hire you? What do you think pays your salary? It's I know what I'm doing, building the company with the marketing and advertising. I said, look around. What do you think paid for these computers and this whatever and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's the deal. 
You know, if you listen, hopefully you have guidance from accountants, attorneys, and all that, but just understand, they are backwards-looking people. That's what those industries are. They're looking backwards. The accountants are looking at the numbers, the money that was already spent and that already came in. They're looking backwards. They're not good at all about looking forwards, but you are if you're a successful business owner or entrepreneur. So trust yourself and not them to look forwards. Let them do the looking backwards. Same with attorneys. Attorneys are what I call the anti-sales department. They're going to tell you everything you can't do. and Be careful there. and Watch out for that. And ooh, ah, I don't know if you can say that. And I go, well, can I say this? Can I say that? So I guess I can. Well, I guess I can. I'm not so sure. But, I, but, you, but the bottom line is I can, right? So Because if I could say that, because it is true and I do deliver that, well, yeah, I guess it is technically. Well, then technically I'm going to say that because it's smart and I'm going to make a lot of money. Like, so push back on the really bad anti-sales advice you get from these experts, including anyone that ever says the word budget to you for a business. Or even at home, by the way, isn't these videos, they're always for business owners, but this whole thing about, you know, I once did it with my beautiful wife, Michelle. We went to some thing at a local church, which was all about new couples and setting a budget and whatever, and like, I think we stuck with that for, I don't know, a week. I mean, budgets are made to suck and made to not work. Like, of course you have to break them. Like, would I rather be happy or say, no, you know, we got, my friends called and said, uh, you know, they, they're in town, they want us to go out to dinner. Oh yeah, no, it's not in the budget because we've already gone out to dinner three times this month and we don't, how dumb is that? So I'm just going to say no to seeing my old friends and having a good time because of the budget. Like Budgets will make you miserable, and in business, they will cost you a lot of money. They will just kill your business. So budgets, when this guy said it's not in the budget, I was like, oh, what a buzzword for failure, a buzzword for non-entrepreneur, non-business owner. So now it's as if we needed more strikes against them. Like this guy's mindset is just not in the right place. If you're thinking budget, again, I mean, another example, I guess, if someone called you up right now and said, I, I don't know, but Apple or Amazon, one of these stocks that are 800 or Google or like 1,000 or 800 a share, and they said, you know, let's just pick one of them and say it's $1,000 a share, and someone called you up and said, somehow, I've gotten a hold of 1,000 shares that I'm going to give you for only $10 each. Well... Again, it's an unrealistic example, but if that were, or, you know, I have some options. I bought some really cheap options, and, uh, you know, it's a dumb example. Nobody would ever not want it. But if somehow they offer that, that I could right now have a thousand shares of a stock that's worth a thousand bucks, and I could have it for ten bucks a share. Oh, 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 but I'm already at the end of my budget for investing in stocks this month. Like, what? Anyone that nobody would give that answer. You would say, "Holy crap! I don't have any money for it." Like, uh, I'll call you back. I got to come up with it. I got to do whatever I can do. I got to come up with it. I'm opportunity minded. I can't miss that opportunity. So maybe you would end up not coming up with the money somehow, but you wouldn't just give up right off the bat and say it's not in the budget, or I can't do it because if you really value the opportunity, you would say, "I got to figure out a way." Can I call you back or? You know, before he left here on Saturday, he would have gotten with me and said, you know, blah, 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 and, and mentioned this and talked about it and said, you know, is there any way and blah, 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 we could work it out. And, of course, we, I could have worked it out and he could have, you know, become my client or he could have just pocketed six figures in a month, but I easily could make it. 
But uh, anyway, so uh, that's it. A little rambling there, but this word budget, man, don't ever use it. Don't ever think about it. And if you run into anybody that ever thinks in terms of budget, you're going to run in the opposite direction. These are not people you want to be around. These are slow-moving, uh, anti-success thinking people. You can either think opportunity or you think, think constriction, like budget. Budgets just mean why you can't do things. Uh, don't ever set them. They'll kill you. Everyone that ever sets one is miserable. They always break them. They're like New, New Year's resolutions. I mean, nobody keeps them. They're all, budgets are always broken. Uh, the only way they're kept, like I said, is in real non-successful organizations like governments. Governments are not designed to, to succeed. You know, the post office, quote, loses money every year. Amtrak loses money. They don't really lose money. It's a service. It's not meant to be run at a profit. It's a service. Well, hopefully your business, you're not just, hopefully you like people and you like helping people. You're not just running it as a service just to help people. Hopefully you <laughs> really ought to be not watching my videos if you don't want to make some money with it. So if you want to make some money with it, you've got to put yourself in a position to take advantage of opportunities, and you've got to be thinking all the time about how to take advantage of opportunities, and you never want to constrict yourself with one of the most failure-oriented words in all the business, budget. just doesn't happen. Uh, when we're buying things, and, and hopefully you realize that it's the same with your customers, your clients, your patients, your members, we're not just buying something because it's cheap, which is something you would do if you're on a budget. Oh, I'm on a budget. I can't afford that. I can only get there. We buy on value. And we want to work with, and almost always, customers, clients, patients, members do the same thing. They buy on value. That's what we always do when we're on the other side of the register, when we're on the buying side. We don't necessarily buy the cheapest thing out there. We buy what we believe is the best value. You know, if everyone bought the cheapest thing, then I guess there certainly would be no clothing stores. It would just be Goodwill stores, right? Everything everyone wears would just be hand-me-down used clothes from Goodwill. And every car on the road would be a used Kia from 1992. Like, and there would be no Ritz-Carlton hotels. There would only be Motel 6s everywhere. Like, and I could go on and on. There would be no nice restaurants. There would only be McDonald's. Like, there would no, be no retail stores, no Nordstrom's, no anything. There would only be dollar stores. Like, no, people do not buy solely on price unless you're idiotic. We buy on value, and it's the same way you've got to make business decisions. Never, never constrict yourself with a budget. Always make value decisions. Cut unnecessary expenses or wasteful expenses for sure. But you always want to be in, when you're in growth mode, you want to be investing in valuable opportunities. You want to find a way to do it, not constrict yourself with the ridiculous word budget. All right, I'm seeing some questions are coming in here. Oh, just got a comment from Ernest. It says, insightful. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for watching. And I see a whole bunch of other people are here. Shane is here. Alan is here. Ah. Should I put my glasses on? It's, I can't even read the name. I'm sorry, but uh, thanks for being here. If you click on a like or you put a comment, uh, then, of course, I can respond to you. Otherwise, I can't. And some of the names already went past, and I didn't say hello. So thanks, everyone, being here. Thanks, everyone, watching on the replay. That will do it for Foundation Friday. This is a foundational tip for all business people. Budget. Dirty word. Don't use it. Don't think about it. It'll kill you. It'll kill your business. Uh, can't do it. That's it for Foundation Friday. Thanks, everyone, for being here. I'll be back tomorrow on Social Media Saturday. I have a tip for you. 
specifically with a social media site that'll help you to make money with that particular social media site. So I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Over and out. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Rhino Daily Podcast, the daily podcast for sharp entrepreneurs hosted by Steve Cypress. Join us tomorrow for another exciting episode designed to help you increase your profits and improve your lifestyle. Also, go to rhinodaily.com for more great business exploding tips, strategies, and tactics from the world's top experts. Plus, snag your free copy of Money Making Monthly Magazine. Goodbye.